everyone, and thank you for tuning in to The Coping Cast, the pod coping spin-off show where we interview games industry figures to give you fresh insight into the stories and issues we've covered. My name is Duncan Robertson, and I am so happy to be bringing you this first episode of my latest project. I love interviewing people, and I love asking questions about the world of video games that I've always wondered and never had answers for. This industry, so much of the time, operates behind closed doors, and the aim of this show, in whatever form it eventually evolves into, is to open up some of those doors and clarify things we as gamers are all curious about. Of course, so much of the games industry wouldn't be the same without its deep pool of content creators and media folks, so it won't always be interviews with developers that you're hearing. As a content creator and journalist myself, I'm also super keen to talk to other people in my line of work because I think there are some really interesting issues and characters to talk about. And that brings me perfectly onto the interview I have for you today. Tim DeMann is a Dutch pianist, composer, content creator, and lifelong video game fan. He's part of a new breed of content creator that's emerged in the last five to ten years, a breed that's bringing to light the incredible art form that is video game music. Most recently, Tim has released a second edition of his very successful album, Hyrule Highlands, a Celtic and folk take on music from the Legend of Zelda series. I'll let Tim do the talking in just a moment, but I was so happy to talk to him for so many reasons. To start with, he's a video game music content creator who's breathing new life into Celtic folk music, which I consider to be an important part of my heritage. Secondly, he's an extremely talented guy, and to me, that always makes for a very interesting chat. Last but certainly not least, Tim deals with a lot of Nintendo music, and anyone that's had dealings with Nintendo in the content creation space will know that that can be a very precarious landscape to navigate. With that out of the way, let's get on to the interview. For context, it was recorded via Zoom on the 3rd of June, a week after I was unwell, so I apologize for how I sound, and not long before I went off on holiday, so I apologize for the delay. Nevertheless, I hope you enjoy. Tim, thank you so much for agreeing to talk to me today. It is a real pleasure to have you on. Um, I have so much that I want to ask you about, uh, but I think it's probably a good idea for you to just start by introducing yourself and telling us a bit about Hyrule Highlands too. Yeah, sure. Uh, oh, so uh, so I'm Tim. I'm a Dutch uh, pianist, composer. Really love game music uh, ever since I was little. So uh, that's uh, something that's always been inspiring to me. And I've got a YouTube channel that's doing uh, quite well. I've been working on it for a few years, just with mainly piano arrangements, as I said. It started when uh, Breath of the Wild was announced. And I was like, yeah, I, I can no longer deny my, my inner nerd. I'm just going to have <laughs> to go all the way with this, uh, because previously um, uh, I had the channel for my original compositions. And I made some nice artsy-fartsy uh, videos to go along with that uh but yeah nobody's going to find you if you just upload original work so i was like how can i kind of find an audience and still do music that uh, that really appeals to me um and then breath of the wild of course had a piano based soundtrack uh that was like crazy close to my own personal piano style so uh i started working on that and then after a while uh i had done so many piano arrangements i was like maybe i want to do something a little bit more ambitious and I did some jazz, I did some rock, I did even some weird acapella stuff, and then ultimately I settled on the uh, on the Celtic style for a variety of reasons. Um, and ultimately I had enough to, to make an album. It was the original Hyrule Highlands that I did all by myself as much as possible. So the recording and the mixing and the, uh, the artwork and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, and for the second one I was approached by uh, Ziario, the Zelda Reorchestrated folks who were kind of relaunching and they uh, 
uh, offer to uh, like redo my mixes for the second Hyrule Highlands uh, album and also work with me on the promotion and stuff to see if we can make a little bit of a bigger splash. Uh, and that's uh, been released on Bandcamp like last week. And this coming Tuesday, it'll be out on streaming as well. And it's got, uh, it's, it's all Zelda stuff. The first Hyrule Highlands was more Breath of the Wild focused and this one is like all over the place, really. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So... Uh, How's that for a uh... <laughs> for an introduction? Not bad. For an introduction. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, yeah. I mean, what, what you mentioned there. Um, we'll we'll get into the actual album itself. Uh, I kind of want to touch on the content creation stuff first, because what I think is really interesting about you is that you're not just an amazing musician and like a multi instrumentalist, but you are also like this new breed of content creator who can do all of the music and also create really engaging like videos and, and you, know, you can watch them play all the all the instruments and do all the arrangements and stuff. In like 2016 is when you started focusing on content creation, if I'm right in saying, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, did you have content creation expertise before that? Or was that very much like, uh, I'm going to have to teach myself this in order to focus on YouTube? Yeah, yeah, that was that was completely the case. Um, uh, you know, ideally, back in, back in those periods, if I could have gotten away with doing the music without the videos, I, I would have. <laughs> because for me, the music is always uh, is always primary. Um, but you know, there was also there is also a, a kind of an education aspect to the channel that I I really want people to to stay motivated to play their instrument. Because when I was a teenager, uh, I had piano lessons, but uh, I would have totally stopped if I hadn't taught myself all the video game music stuff. So. I was like, yeah, I also want to teach people these things and where do people go if they're looking for music that they like, they go to YouTube uh, nowadays. So uh, uh, so I wanted to have the sheet music on top and then the piano with the hands and stuff on the bottom. Um, and that kind of kept morphing into different formats. Um, uh, people said on YouTube, sheet music isn't really a thing. It's more the like the falling blocks, the, the Synthesia mm. stuff that's really popular. So I did both the Synthesia and the sheet music for a while. And then I thought, yeah, I don't think the sheet music is doing so much. So I'm going to pimp up my Synthesia editing as much as I can. So now <laughs> I have this crazy, uh, this crazy visual style of the piano and then the falling blocks. And the falling blocks also color the keys on the piano through some editing shenanigans. But yeah, I had to teach all of that stuff myself and some older videos don't really hold up. <laughs> like especially on the editing side, like musically speaking, it's all it's all fine. But uh, yeah. you know, sometimes the frame rate is like like fifteen frames per second or the stuff is out of focus or the piano is all like out of yeah. weirdly framed and stuff. Yeah. I don't think there is a YouTuber alive who doesn't look back at their older stuff and kind of cringe at stuff that they've now relearned or improved on. So I don't think you, you need to worry too much. No, no, it, it happens. And also redid some some of my earliest videos uh, in, in the newer style. Especially I did a Hateno Village from Breath of the Wild video once. It was like I was making it on a, on a potato Hackintosh computer that I had that, that couldn't record the synthesia with a reliable smoothness so the video was all <laughs> not not smooth so yeah i redid that one i redid some of the of the oldest things yeah 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 um well yeah credit to you because it's not the easiest of of uh, arenas to just sort of get into so mm -hmm. um but what i what i absolutely love is that we're sort of living in an age where there are these amazing musicians like yourself 
out there on the internet and they are turning their focus to video game music because uh, and they're actually getting recognition for it as well like i don't i don't know if you've heard of uh the 8-bit big band and charlie rosen yeah i mean he's just won a grammy for his orchestrations of like video game jazz and you know Mm -hmm. people like kyle landry who started doing video game music piano covers and now has like a wider recording career there's like insane in the rain and there's beyond the guitar there's like the list goes on and on um Mm -hmm. and it feels to me like content creators like yourself are bringing attention and appreciation to video game music that just wasn't really there before. Um, I mean, like, do, do you feel that? Or do you think that it's been there the whole time? We're just all late to the party. Oof. Uh, well, like appreciation for game music in, in the broader cultural sense. Yeah. That's, re- that's quite new. Yeah. So mm. the Grammy, the Grammy for the Kirby arrangement that a uh, big band did, it's, it's kind of a watershed moment, I think, because yeah. it kind of turns people that haven't been taking or didn't even really know that video game music had evolved from the 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 the, the, the bloops of the of the 80s and 90s <laughs> yeah. like oh so there's interesting stuff happening and yeah. that's really cool yeah, for for me personally the, the game music was always my main musical uh outlet so to say and the way that i uh learned of many musical styles so for me it's very natural but yeah i think through youtube and through all these crazy elaborate covers that people are making it's getting even uh, even more recognition which is which is fantastic because great music is great music it doesn't really yeah. matter where it comes from no from that sense yep couldn't agree more um are there any other sort of video game music content creators that you're aware of and and would love to collaborate with mm. i don't really like looking at my colleagues <laughs> so to say <laughs> mostly because then i'm i'm getting a little bit insecure about my oh, what I'm okay. doing myself and I'm looking at their views and I, and I was like oh my god <laughs> oh my god I'm doing like 150th of of some people's views but um but I do really like the 8-bit big band stuff mm. uh it's like crazy he entered the uh the YouTube space uh with such a bang like the first videos he did also were, they were already professionally mixed and were already like with high quality cameras and and fantastic musicians and stuff it was mm. just hit the ground running um i can only admire that I've, I've asked him how does he get the financials to to do yeah. all that stuff you know to hire that, that kind of recording space and those kind of musicians but he he said he has a, a reg- regular music career that he then yeah. uses to finance this uh that's crazy stuff that, that yeah. he's been doing, yeah. Uh, but that I think that's the only one that I really listen to myself. Mm-hmm. Don't think I'm forgetting anybody. <laughs> no. If you if you forget and you remember later, just add it into the description. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so back to Hyrule Highlands then. So in 2020, that's when you did the first one, if I'm right mm-hmm. in saying. Yeah. Um, so what made you decide? And obviously, you know, that first album was a great success to my knowledge. Um, and it was, it sounded great when I listened to it. Um, what made you want to go back and do a second one? Was it just, was there something about Zelda music in particular that you really wanted to revisit? Or was it just, you know, you had a, other songs that you wanted to try and arrange? Well, I just, I just kept on writing really. Mm. Um, the, um, let me think. So at a certain point, I just decided on a cutoff point. Like I've written, I just keep writing these Zelda Celtic arrangements for some strange reason. <laughs> at a certain point, I had enough to make an album. And I was like, okay, so this is going on the album and the rest what's coming afterward is for a second album somewhere in the future. But I'm always thinking of, of, of that kind of arrangements, uh, mostly because it's, it's, it fits the Zelda style so naturally. Like there's so many stuff that's already very folky 
on the on the mm. original soundtracks. So all I have to do is 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 play it on on actual instruments, and then the magic happens. Yeah. Uh, and like for the for the first one, I had just taught myself the the tin whistle, and then I thought maybe for the second one I can teach myself another instrument, and then for the third one I can teach myself another instrument, and that way challenge myself and then change the the sonics of the albums a bit. Mm. So for the second one, I learned though it's not really a Celtic instrument, the the nickel harpa, which is a key violin. I'm not sure if you saw it on a few of the videos. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, that I used, yeah, somewhere between a hurdy gurdy and a violin that just kind of appeared. <laughs> thing. A friend of mine makes uh, uh, build them yourself hurdy gurdies, like three D printed <laughs> and, and laser cut packages, like an IKEA yeah. thing that you just put together. And he made a nickel harpa. I'm not really fond of hurdy gurdies, but he made the nickel harpa and. It sounded like an, a musical instrument uh, that I would really love to play, and then I just I took it home. Yeah, I, I'd been playing it, so that was the instrument that kind of fueled the uh, the second one. And then for the third one, that's happening. <laughs> I don't know. I've, I've started writing for it, but I'm not oh sure nice. When I have enough, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm always writing this stuff. I've bought a mandolin, so I'm. Uh, going to incorporate lots of uh, actual mandolin into that. Yeah, well, you Instead. kind of answered another question I had of like, where do you get all of these instruments? Because they're not even hard or easy instruments to get a hold of a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, the nickel harpa especially is super weird if you're not in the in the folk scene. Like the, the, the friend of mine is really into ball folk, so the more the, the dancing uh, French and Belgian uh, dancing mm. folk scene where nickel harpa is used. And uh, especially in like if, if bands from Sweden come down, they have nickel harpas because it's a traditional instrument there. But otherwise, yeah, where would you get one of those things? One of those yeah. things. <laughs> just as <laughs> with the guitar you. tuning, the guitar tuning I use is also not a regular tuning. It's just something I stumbled across, and and then it turned out that it sounded fantastic. So yeah, yeah. it's kind of by chance that this all is coming together. Mm. Yeah, and you mentioned before uh, one of the great parts about the second album is that. It's it pulls from all of Zelda's sort of back catalogue of games, and it's not as as focused on one game as as the first album was. Mm. If you had to pick just one, what would your favorite Zelda soundtrack be? Oh man, this sort of question should probably come with a warning of like. Yeah, I heard someone uh, that answered the same question about Final Fantasy games, and he said something like. Six is the best one. Seventh is the most important one. And, yeah. Uh, four is my favorite one. So maybe I can frame it in yeah, a positive yeah. mm -hmm. way for, for every one of them. And I'm not sure if it. I'm <laughs> if I'm going to put it up though. Well, I'm a pianist, so Breath of the Wild for me is yeah. is a very natural choice because it's it's I learned so much just by playing that music, like the crazy, uh, modern classical and and impressionistic jazz stuff that's happening. That was completely not in my vocabulary previously. Mm. Uh, and it is now thanks to thanks to Breath of the Wild, which is uh, of which I'm very thankful, and also really like the um, the town music for Breath of the Wild, like Hateno Village, Kakariko Village, Gerudo, yep. and etc. Because it still has this serenity in a way, kind of a minimalist calm, but in a in a kind of a lush and melodic way, which is very inspiring. But if I'm thinking of what's the most like elegant and and compressed and compact one, um, I'm really fond of a link between worlds. Mm -hmm. So uh, that one used the uh, original uh, Link to the Past score and expanded upon it. Um, and that game is just, everything is compressed down to the absolute purest essence of, of, of what a Zelda game is, in my opinion, and musically as well. So that's going in the uh, most elegant, <laughs> most elegant Link Between Worlds, most yep. fitting for Tim, Breath of the Wild. <laughs>
Uh, the most Celtic definitely is the Wind Waker. Yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. which is kind of weird because I hadn't tackled the Wind Waker before the yeah. second album. But that one is, uh, yeah, that's just super Celtic. All, I, all you have to do is play it on, yeah, like I said before, you just have to play it on real instruments and you're done. Yeah. Uh, okay, so slight follow-up, which may or may not knock you back a little bit, as that one did. Uh, favorite Zelda game? Yeah, that's Breath of the Wild. Breath of the Wild, yeah. It's a good answer, yeah. 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 But 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 funny. The my my second favorite is a link between worlds. So mm. apparently something about soundtracks and and games, like uh, the combined art of multiple like uh, art disciplines, is really appealing to me. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. It's the same with me. Like I, you know, off the top of my head, like <laughs> of like the you know the games that I really enjoy, I immediately think of their soundtracks and how they. They just sort of invoke the feeling of playing the game. Um, hmm. I think there's definitely something to it. So you mentioned before that you've been working with ZREO, so that's Zelda Reorchestrated. How did you guys link up, and 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 sort of how did that collaboration start to happen? I got an uh, an email from Sam. Sam mm -hmm. is the uh, you had contact with him. He's the current like head honcho of the of the bunch, and is also responsible for the mixing and and stuff like that. He had heard one of my Celtic arrangements and he was like, hey, I'd like to talk with you about what you're doing. And I wasn't really expecting much. I was just expecting a, a nice chat. And then on Discord, he sent over the music that he'd been working on. And I was like, like, that's an order of magnitude better sounding than what I'm making. So I was immediately like, eh, can we do a collaboration? Um, <laughs> and he was also essentially looking for some more like artists to kind of fill out his, uh, his roster. So we just kept on, kept on chatting um and i kept him in the loop what i was working on um and he had already offered to uh, master my music so do the finishing touches for the for the mixes and then release it through uh, zrio so their own uh, their own channels and then the start of this year i had almost every track finished for uh, high Highlands 2 and i asked him like is, is this a project that that, that you want to do uh, as a first one along with me and then uh, they said, yeah, we want it out by May. And it was like February and still had th three more tracks to finish. So I was like, okay, that's ambitious, but but let's do this. Mm. Uh, and ultimately he didn't master the music in the regular sense where you're just getting the end result and you're doing the finishing touches, but he really redid all the mixes. So I just sent him my raw files and he uh, completely redid them. So uh, my, my only qualm with the original Haru Highlands was that the, the mix to me didn't sound 100% there uh but now with his work yeah it's it sounds completely finished so so that's fantastic and and we're just constantly in the loop about okay what ideas do we have where can i add some things i can play some mandolin here i can play some accordion there uh there's still an idea for a jazz album maybe down the line like piano jazz piano um nice, that's so it's really, yeah it's really fun to to bounce those ideas off of someone because just like the content creator life <laughs> is kind of doing stuff on your own mainly yeah which which i don't really mind honestly but when you're doing large like more ambitious stuff like hyro highlands then it's nice to have some people to help yeah no i feel that as well like it's it's weird going from my content creation stuff to the stuff i do for my job because with content creation it's like a lot of the time it's off my own back or it's just like you in a room working on something for a long time before you put it out and it works mm -hmm like do journalism so it's like you know you've got th three different editors looking at one piece and it's, it's um, yeah, well, you're doing something in journalism which is hard enough by itself so you've got yeah. a good start 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't be doing my job as a Scotsman if I didn't ask you about the the Celtic influences in, <laughs> in your work. Um and don't worry, there's no there's not gonna be, you know, a lot of scrutiny here. Um what well, is try. I, I'm curious what you're, what you're going to come up with and see if I have an answer. Maybe, maybe I have more answers than I give myself credit for. I mean, I'm not going to try and challenge you because you definitely know more about Celtic music than I do. So, you know, <laughs> um, that's why you don't need to worry. Um, I just want to, I just want to ask what sort of drew you to that genre and, and you know, what work you tried, you tried to do to sort of emulate that. Yeah. I kind of had to, um, hear the message a few times before I really understood what was going on. So I think the, um, like the first genuine impact the Celtic music made was through a video game, surprise, mm -hmm. uh, Heroes of Might and Magic 4. I'm not sure if you're familiar. Yeah, I think I've heard some of the music from it, actually. Yeah, so the um, story behind the game is that the parent company, 3DO, was going bankrupt, so they had to bring out the game like before it was finished. So even the soundtrack wasn't finished, so they had to fly in some uh, some licensed tracks. So they bought uh, a, a library of, of Celtic music called uh, Complete Celt, and they kind of added some orchestra stuff to it, um, which was played by like top-of-the-line Celtic musicians. Um, I was playing the game, and I was completely blown away by a few of those pieces and like i really couldn't really bring it home like what it was i was hearing this high-pitched string instrument that i really loved but i had no idea what it was and i was hearing these whistles it didn't sound like flutes but there are flutes right what's going on so i didn't really get the message but i really loved the the music and then there were a few uh projects that i accidentally got involved with so uh, i had a girlfriend and i was in a kind of a jazz band with her, but she also had a bluegrass band on the side. So sometimes I'd play accordion with the bluegrass band just uh, for a few songs. And I was like, oh, the high-pitched string instrument, that's that's that thing. That's that. <laughs> and that's the banjo. Banjo's all right, but mandolin's better. And then the final straw kind of was when I... Um, um, my uh, current girlfriend, she was into the, like I said, the ball folk scene. So the... Uh, Flemish and French and uh, Swedish and, and also Scottish uh, dancing, folk dancing scene. Um, and there were like all kinds of fantastic bands, mainly the Belgian and the, and the French bands were really cool with lots of interesting string instruments and like bouzoukis and uh, mandolins and mandolas. And I was like, okay, okay, so this third time's to charm. Now I'm not really going to do... <laughs> to do something with folk music. And then I started a ball folk band in which I was playing the piano and the other musician was a trumpetist. So it wasn't really, didn't really have the message yet. But yeah, at a certain point, I, I asked a tin whistle for my birthday because I kind of discovered that the tin whistle was the whistle that I was hearing uh, in mm -hmm. Heroes of the Magic 4. And I had tried the, the flute, but the flute was too hard for me and tin whistle just clicked. And within a few days, I was playing all kind of stuff. And then uh, I was already playing the accordion uh, because of that uh, that bluegrass stuff earlier. So all, all I had to do was guitar. And I already had a guitar. I couldn't really play it because normal guitar tuning doesn't really... Uh, is really friendly with my with my hands for some reason. Um, but then I discovered the Celtic guitar tuning and, and yeah, that was just done. Like I could suddenly I could play guitar and uh, it was fantastic. Um, and I also really like the... Um, uh, I'm not sure if you know. It's a BBC. It was a BBC program, Transatlantic Sessions. Okay, I program, think I've heard, uh, it rings a bell. I don't think I've seen. 
Yeah, it was Ali Bean, I think, the uh, Scottish violin player. Definitely heard of her, yeah. And they invited people over from the US with Scottish and Irish heritage, and then they would play like both the Americana and the traditional stuff uh, together. And that was also very inspiring. So and I think that's where I uh, discovered that uh, guitar tuning. Hmm. So yeah, then it's, it just started happening. And um, I've been doing it ever since. I accidentally bought a mandolin and I accidentally <laughs> keep on buying all kinds of stuff to do this for some reason. <laughs> I accidentally bought a mandolin. I like that. Well, something that I noticed as well. I mean, actually, I sh to be honest, should say first, thank you for for doing Celtic arrangements because here in Scotland, we were, you know, we're brought up on a, a lot of the time. Um, and it doesn't really get, it's like video game music a lot of the time. It doesn't get much mainstream recognition or, or a lot of attention. Um, and anything that sort of keeps that alive is, uh, is to be praised, I think. So, but one thing that I noticed was that in the second album, there's more use of voice, um, and there's more vocal. Was that something that you wanted to aim for, or was that just something that sort of happened as you, as you were arranging? Hmm. Yeah, I think just like with the instruments, I just got better during the um, during the first album. So one of my one of my day jobs is uh, conducting a choir, an amateur choir, uh, and I I like to tease these sopranos, uh, like the ladies in the choir, that I could sing just as high as them. Yeah, <laughs> which in, in the beginning wasn't really true, but after nine years of conducting there, uh, I've kind of developed a, a usable upper register. Um, and because it was sounding better, I just started using it more. And like with with Song of Storms on the second album, I I tried to go for the uh, more of the of the vocal group style with the just a few voices that ping pong around and uh, signify some raindrops. And mm. uh, that was really fun. And then it started like for the uh, Twilight Princess Hyrule Field one, I wanted to do a, a kind of a Western flavored track because in the game. Like the game is a kind of a mishmash of all kinds of styles, but there's also some some Western uh, spaghetti Western stuff in there. So I want to do spaghetti Western intro with a choir, and then the, the castanets come in <laughs> and stuff like that. So yeah, but just like an instrument, if 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 it becomes more useful, it finds its way into into the music more. Yeah. So you can expect lots of mandolin for the third one. Yeah, I do. I do want to ask though. Uh more on like a content creator side again because as someone who's tried to use nintendo music or even like nintendo footage in videos before um it, it can be very difficult and it can be very like you know you'll you'll put something up and immediately you'll get either like a copyright strike or, or a notification being like nintendo's watching you don't do that again mm -hmm. um was there any sort of process with this album or the last one where you had to sort of get permission or or rights? I'm not really sure on the the rules there. So if not, like you know, I, I don't want to like put you on the spot or anything. No, um, that's no problem. So there's the there's the actual rules and there's like the practicalities uh, of the matter. Mm. Um, so if I want to put this music, if I want to sell this music on Spotify and uh, and Bandcamp and stuff like that, then you have to get the 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 license licenses and there's uh, platforms which get the licenses for you but on youtube like there's so many stuff on there um they've tried enforcing it but it's kind of impossible to enforce mm -hmm. um yeah it's 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 kind of a weird situation like with piano arrangements before you arrange someone's work you have to officially get permission before you make the arrangement um but writing to nintendo you, you just don't get an answer yep like there, <laughs> there's no answer 
So what am I going to do? I'm going to not arrange this, even though there's thousands of people who are arranging this stuff and selling it. And I'm like, you know, I have to, I have to find a balance between the practicalities and, 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 and the technicalities of, of the matter. Um, so what I ultimately decided on is, okay, I'm going to arrange this stuff and that's a gray area, uh, but I'm not going to sell it. I'm going to give it away for free uh, because that way I don't feel like I'm kind of pushing the, the limits mm -hmm. too much. Um, so all the piano arrangements are free and the only thing people have to pay for if they want on the Patreons to get, is to get some extra uh, PDFs with my, with my notes and my tips, uh, but you don't get different arrangements. So I'm not selling the stuff, which, which helps. Um, but yeah, if I, if I make something that sounds too much like the original, then I get a copyright strike. But if mm -hmm. I make something that's very much its own thing, then I don't have any problems. So nobody really knows what's going on yeah. sometimes like even with official soundtracks uh sometimes if you rip a soundtrack sometimes stuff is on there for years without any problems and then suddenly it disappears somebody else uploads it again and then it's online for years again yeah so yeah um like nintendo is is not really predictable in that sense it does like square enix for example sometimes i do music from them and i always get a like a copyright strike for the composition but not for the uh recording so they do a split revenue right. where I, they get a part of the revenue. I get a part of the revenue. That'd be a great way for Nintendo soundtracks as well. And they essentially it's free money, but yeah, it's that's Nintendo. A, so it's just they Nintendo. Own, yeah. Mm -hmm. They've got their own ways. Yeah. I, I, I've tried to try and, you know, you just find an, an explanation for why they're like that a lot of the time. Um, mm -hmm. I can never, <clears throat> I can never really work it out. It's, it's just a bit bizarre considering like, like you say, square and, a lot of other publishers are really open to that sort of thing because I think they have recognized now that it is just free money in a, in a way for yeah. them. So, yeah, um, free marketing as well. Totally, yeah. Yeah. Um, when you when you have reached out and have got a response, have they been pleasant enough to work with? Have they been quite receptive to giving licenses and, and things like that? I haven't actually had contact with anybody in Nintendo. There you go. Yeah, that's yeah. going through uh, through Soundrop or another licensing agency. Right, and the licensing agencies then have contacts at other agencies, and they have contacts somewhere down the line. There's someone from Nintendo. That's nuts. Uh, yeah, it's got a few pieces. That's always if I'm putting my music on uh, on Spotify, it's always kind of a um, uh, kind of a gamble if stuff makes it on or not. Because sometimes some tracks just are not licensable for some reason, and others are, and you don't know before before you finish it. So Hilda's theme, for example, that I did on the second Hyrule Highlands and uh, Romans in the Air as well. Those two were originally for the first Hyrule Highlands, but they didn't make it through licensing. And ultimately, Sam from ZRO, he did some 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 trickery. I don't know how he did it, but he got them through. So mm, I'm kind of glad that I can let ZRO do that side of things mm -hmm. because it's completely unpredictable and I don't really know how to influence any of it. Yeah. It's it's absolutely wild that like a project as as in depth and as as great as this, uh, like you know, getting a hold of Nintendo for it is so is so difficult. That's that's mm -hmm. absolutely wild. Okay, do you have a favorite video game composer? Yeah, it's probably going to be Sacrilege, but it's Nobuo Uematsu. Okay, uh, Final Final Fantasy composer. Mm -hmm. Why would that be Sacrilege? I I should I should say Koji Kondo. Yeah, I should have said Koji Kondo, but it's just. <laughs> There is like the stuff that man wrote between Final Fantasy VI and and nine, and yeah. like the amount of it, and in sh such a short time span and such a breadth of styles, it's it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, but looking at some more recent composers, I really love uh, Ryo Nagamatsu's work, the Link Between Worlds mm-hmm. composer. Really can't wait before he does some original work for Zelda again. He did the arrangements for uh, Link's Awakening. And he also does Splatoon, but Splatoon is not really my style. But when mm. he does Zelda, it's fantastic. I really love that stuff. And uh, Yasu- Yasuaki Iwata and uh, Manaka Katoka, the people who did the Breath of the Wild soundtracks. Mm-hmm. Like, they're obviously fantastic pianists because the stuff that's on there is crazy. Yeah, really looking forward to, to what they're going to do. Which it's funny because it's uh, Nintendo composers are super versatile because uh, Yasuaki Iwata went on to do Animal Crossing New Horizons. Which yeah. doesn't sound like Zelda at all. Not and at all. Manak- no, and Manaka Katoka, she previously did Animal Crossing, which didn't sound like, like Zelda at all. Yeah. So and, and Ryu Nagamatsu does Splatoon and he does Zelda. So they have this huge bag of influences they can apparently uh, yeah. apparently use. So that's that's very inspiring. Um for me, I as a composer, I prefer nowadays just focusing on the stuff that really works for me. Yeah. Which is uh, which is like melodic, slightly impressionistic piano stuff on one hand, and, and folky stuff on the other hand, and uh, and I'm just completely comfortable doing that. So if you'd ask me, can you write a Splatoon soundtrack? I'd go like, ah. well, yeah, you know, that was I, another question I had for you was if you could write a soundtrack for a game that exists, like you know, the next installment of a game, mm-hmm. and it couldn't be Zelda, because I, I know that that's I, I know <laughs> what what good. game would you try and choose? Oof. I'd love to write for a uh, turn-based strategy game, Ooh, like, okay. like Heroes of Might and Magic. Yeah, because those uh, like uh, Heroes of Might and Magic three and f- and four and two as well. They were such a big part of my musical uh, uh, development. Just walking around the landscapes with your horse and then hearing the beautiful the beautiful music, and you have to make decisions kind of slowly. So the music has has lots of time for you to uh, to seep in and. There's not lots of other uh, sound effects going on, so the music can really take center stage. Uh, that'd be lovely. Uh, like either a Western RPG or a JRPG. Okay. Uh, because, uh, like, I really love Uematsu's work. Also, because in a, in an RPG, especially in a in a narrative RPG like a JRPG, there's so many locations, there's so many characters. Like, and and the length of the game is is such that there's room for like five CDs of music. So that'd be uh, very cool. Which yeah. is incidentally also the length of the Breath of the Wild soundtrack. If you buy that one, it's also five CDs. Really? Yeah. That's that's like wild because... Box. Yeah, because as well, like a lot of the time when you're like exploring Breath of the Wild, there will be like very just ambient music and some just like not, not music at all. Like sometimes it'll just be like the game's sort of nature sounds and everything. Um, yeah. So it's it's mad to think that it's it's so many tracks that would fit on five CDs. Yeah, there's lots of one-off music in Breath of the Wild that only plays once and yeah. uh, doesn't really return, and you only discover that it's awesome music when you do a second or a third playthrough. Yeah, well, see, I I love as well th- that about video game music is that you get both ends of the spectrum. You get the the sort of JRPGs that you just mentioned where it's, you know, there's there's music for every town and every mission and, and all that kind of stuff, and some music that only plays once. And it's very matter-of-fact. You know, you'll come across a new town and you'll come across a new bit of music. Mm-hmm. And then one of my favorite video game composers is Austin Wintory, who does, like, a lot of just very scripted stuff. So it's very much, you know, like Journey and Abzu and The Pathless, and they're all very, like, you know, the music is taking you from start to finish. It's just a concerto that 
that you're going to hear all and it's going to be in order. Yeah, that's also very interesting. Yeah. Like it's a, it's a, like I played uh, Abzu, for example, and it's, it's literally a, a bath, like not, 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 just <laughs> the game, not just the gameplay, but also like from an art design and a, an audio design and a musical standpoint, it's one coherent package that just from, from beginning to end, just it keeps flowing. It's, yeah. It's very, very cool. Yeah. Yeah. And much more organic than, uh, than the examples that I gave. But, I really love video video gamey video game music. Yeah. Like if, if it's like two minutes long and it starts looping, yep. That's that's my jam. Yep. <laughs> For some strange reason. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean Super Mario sixty four was probably like the first game I really played. Um mm. and that's just very much like that. Like it'll just loop dire dire docs and I'll be like, Yeah, I'll listen to this forever. I don't care. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, because th- then that's the uh uh, the challenge for for a composer: How do you make something that's two minutes long that's still interesting if it has to play for twenty minutes on end? Yeah, yeah. Um, is that something that you'd like to do in the future? Is is compose for a video game or? Yeah, I'd love to. I've got a few small uh, projects behind me, like more hobby kind of stuff to to learn the uh, uh, mainly the technical side of implementing game music. Mm-hmm. And now I've got uh, two nice uh, larger scale projects that I'm that I'm working on. Nice. Are, uh, I'm not sure if I can talk about it yet. But no, that's uh, fine. Yeah, yeah. Like cool, when you cool, can talk cool about cool them, indie. get in touch. I will. Yeah. Yeah. I will. I'm very excited about that. Um, and yeah, it's it's just I'm I'm allowed to do my thing on those projects. I can just do my my melodic folky uh, uh, approach. That's and great. It's, uh, yeah, it's it's a, it's the kind of work that I'm like. I'm getting paid for this. Yeah, like yeah. I'd, I'd I'd normally do this, yeah, like for fun, and I'm getting paid. And but that, of course, also inspires to make it even better than I would have normally. So uh, yeah, yeah. Well, congratulations on getting those projects. I can't wait to Thank find you. out more about them. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that's all the that's all the questions I really have for you. Um, just you know, want to give you the spotlight now. Uh, tell everyone where and when they can find you and where and when they can find the album. Um, yeah, floor is yours. Yeah, sure. So uh, Hyrule Highlands 2 has just been released. It's uh, on all the streaming platforms this Tuesday and it's on Bandcamp right now. And it's 10 tracks of completely overproduced uh, Celtic Zelda music. <laughs> and uh, yeah, if you're, if you're looking for more, there's lots more on my channel, which is uh, youtube.com slash Tim. For some reason, my name, Tim Demon, was taken, so I had to scramble it up. Hey, if you just look for Tim Demon Game Music, <clears throat> then you'll find me. Uh, nice. and All the links like, and I... stuff will be below as well. Oh, that's that's very nice. Yeah, and there's I post a new video every Friday. I try to make a new arrangement every Friday. Uh, and I also stream uh, every Friday from, uh, from 4 to um, 6, approximately. Nice. And then I just chat chat with people and play some music on my piano. And I try to make crazy mashups of all kinds of Zelda music inspired by the chat so that's always very fun awesome i'm definitely gonna i I did see a couple on your youtube from like past ones but i definitely want to try and catch one uh one of the live ones nice um give a shout out in the chat if you're if you're there yeah we'll do and i'll say hi yeah yeah um well yeah tim thank you so much for for coming on it's been a pleasure to chat to you um and pick your brains about all these things so there you have it Tim was an absolute joy to talk to, and I wish him well for all his current and future projects. 
You can find links to his new album on Spotify in the description of this episode, so please do go and give that a listen. You can also find links to his YouTube channel, so head on over, drop him a subscription, and let him know that we sent you. That's all for now. Be sure to tune in again shortly for another very special episode of Podcoping Proper, and keep your eyes peeled to our YouTube page to catch a new video essay all about Sifu, which will be out very soon. Until then, tune in next time. (laughs) 